Something uh, something happened yesterday, Josh, that hasn't happened for me in a long time involving my Heisman ballot. All three of my selections didn't make it to the finalists. They didn't. Two of my three did. I couldn't in good – I'm just going to tell you guys right now. Oh, all three did not, not make right, it. Right, right, right. My, my number one pick made it. My number two pick made it. But my number three pick did not. Ollie Gordon didn't make it. Ollie Gordon did not make New York. See, am I correct in saying that? Uh, sure. Let's go with it. Just, just go with it. I want to try to uh, persuade him to get in the portal and come to Norman. So I voted him third in the Heisman. Is I that illegally? I guess you can't illegal- share. Oh, I mean, here's the only reason why I won't. Because there would be somebody that would think it's funny to tag like the Heisman Trust, be like. Blake just said who he voted for, and they're so looking for ways to rip your vote. And I really respect the process. So. Yeah, and, and I, I guess even afterwards, you're not supposed to. Reveal I can, I'll how you tell voted. you. I'll tell you Monday. How's that? But I'll just say this much. But you can't before. But you you would you would be able to after. You used to be able to say like nonstop who you voted for, and then like the Heisman pundit website blew up, and everyone got mad because we knew who was going to win it beforehand, even though. We usually know who's going to win it beforehand. I will say this much. I I brought it up, and I found this surprising. I really struggled between one and two, but I knew which two guys I had there in my mind. I could not in good conscience put Bo Nix on my my ballot. I just couldn't. Um, I I feel like you need to have a successful team in order to – not that Bo Nix didn't, right, but just – to me, it was either going to be Penix or Nix that was on that ballot. And I brought up, hey, Michael Penix is a guy I'm thinking about putting number one on my ballot on, on Saturday. And I was blown away, Josh, by the reaction from LSU fans. I mean, blown away. Educate yourself. And Aaron Murray pushed back against me, too. But I was kind of surprised to see Marvin Harrison Jr. up there. I'll be curious to see where my number three, how close he actually came. And, man, if Oklahoma would have somehow won that Kansas game, Dylan Gabriel, I think, would be in New York. I really, truly do. You do? When you look at the numbers, it's just – it's kind of wild how quickly he slipped. If they had won that game and beaten Texas again, he probably definitely would have been. Mm. I'll say this much. I love that we're waiting on the balloting and voting process. But there are some people who are a little bit too knee-jerky based on what they see in the conference championship games. Might have won Kyler the award, though. Maybe I should just shut up. <laughs> because had they sent him out earlier, Tua might have won that year. Anyway, uh, I was surprised that Marvin Harrison Jr. was a finalist. Really, truly was. Even but, though I think uh, he might have been the best player in yeah, I mean, football I think, this year. Yeah, I think it's a pretty easy argument that he's the best player. He really was. Uh, it was it was impressive to watch. All right, let's um let's get after it, shall we? Top five stories of the day. Here we go. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here, Newcastle Casino, I-44 exit 107, Newcastle Casino. Dot com. It was funny because I got a, a text from a very smart and wise person. Great dude on the super secret textosa line. And the point was, 
Straight political. Marvin Harrison, not anywhere close. Uh, Malik Neighbors had more catches, more yards, and more touch, and, and tied with the same amount of touchdowns. Uh, Rome Adunze, who I called Adunze whenever I had him on the air the other day, I wanted to jump off a ledge. Um, he was he had more receptions. Uh, he was he had more yards, and he had one less touchdown. And Troy Franklin was more deserving out of Oregon. He had more receptions, more yards, and uh, was second in overall touchdowns. I mean, it's just quarterback plays a little bit different, though. No, that listen, LSU, Washington, and Oregon a little bit better quarterback play than he consistently had at Ohio State. Jaden Daniels would be the Heisman Trophy winner if he played at Ohio State. Where would you have Daniels on your – well, let's just do this. Our big story number five. <laughs> let's just, I said we're going to talk about this NCAA thing, but we're sitting here filibustering about it. Number five. The finalists for the Heisman Trophy have been announced. Where, would you have had Daniels on your ballot? Absolutely. Okay. Would you have, what would your ballot look like? Just out of curiosity. And I know this is just uh, scatterbrain, knee-jerk. Don't feel like you need to put too much into it. Penix one. Daniels, two, to be determined at number three. Okay. The current odds have Jaden Daniels at minus 1,000. So he is like this slam dunk, surefire, almost what, even money on that? Is that a concern? Uh, Penix is like 7 to 1 right now. Nix is 16 to 1, 66 to 1 for Marvin Harrison Jr. And, and probably Nix would have been my third. Jaden Daniels on September 10th was plus 5,000 to win the Heisman. Could made a little bit of money off that one. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. was plus 2,500. And Bo Nix was the highest on uh, October 16th when he was plus 4,000. Uh, 4, so there you Finalists are announced. They are Jaden Daniels out of LSU, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, and Marvin Harrison Jr. So the expectation from that is that Jaden Daniels is going to win the Heisman? I think so. Yeah, it sounds like it. I – I mentioned I brought it up this week. I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking Penix is going to be my number one guy. And, the, boy, LSU fans, they're ready for another Heisman Trophy after what Burrow won it. Holy smokes, man. They're like, <laughs> no, do a little research. Some dude sent me, like, this nitty-gritty sheet of all the stats. And I'm like, buddy, I, 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 I know he's really good. Success matters to me, right? I got to see it. Though someone brought up a good point. Maybe Jordan Travis should have won the Heisman. <laughs> with how important he appeared to be to Florida State. All right, so Heisman finalists are named Pinnix, Daniels, Nix, Harrison Jr. Number four. Number four. All right, all right. Now, we've we've nerded out. We've talked about this. Let's get to it. A lot of really good stuff on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. I mean, really, really good stuff on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. But we're still trying to kind of get through the nuts and bolts of this new proposal from the NCAA. And it broke earlier today, broke this morning as a matter of fact, right in the middle of hour two of our show. NCAA President Charlie Baker is introducing a proposal to create a new subdivision within D1 that grants certain schools more autonomy around, uh, around policymaking, and allows them to compensate athletes in a new and what's described as a profound way. According to this proposal, 
schools can choose to be part of this new subdivision, but if they are, they're required to meet what is described as a strict minimum standard rooted in athlete investment. Members of the new subdivision will be permitted to strike name, image, and likeness deals with their own athletes. And apparently the most beneficial impact of this new model is a framework in which schools can directly compensate athletes through a trust fund. There is no cap on the amount of funds that a program can provide an athlete. But no, this isn't pay for play. No. Now, we still get pay for play. Um. It is perhaps, in the words of Ross Dellinger, the single most revolutionary concept introduced by sitting NCAA leader in college football history. Entry into this subdivision will require a school to invest at minimum $30,000 per athlete. This investment will be put into what's termed as an enhanced educational trust fund. For at least half, Eddie. I want half. Give me half of a school's countable athletes. Schools would determine when athletes receive the amount. Title IX rules would apply. They'll remain under the umbrella of the NCAA, but schools will have control of decision-making around scholarship limits and countable coaches. It's an acknowledgement that there's different levels, Right? There's an, there's an acknowledgement that all men are created equal is kind of BS in college football. But, yeah, I, um, I'm intrigued by this. I've got a lot of learning to do on this, Josh, over the next three hours. Not that it hasn't been this way, but uh, I'm looking at the NCAA finances report from this past June. Mm-hmm. And uh, just total revenue, okay? Right. This is uh, this is not expenses. This is just total revenue. Here's your top ten: Ohio State, Texas, Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, LSU, Texas A&M, Florida, Penn State, Oklahoma. Are, are we headed for a world to where? And I guess we've kind of already been there, but uh, I mean, is that the group of schools we're talking about? That uh, well, you're going to have to be drawn into it if you're a member of the conferences that they're in. I mean, you're in this. It's like my uh, NASCAR analogy, restrictor plate track. We're in this. You're in it. Sorry. Basically, what we already knew to right. probably be true I'm, is Big Ten and SEC have a massive advantage now. I, and by the way, I just I'm assuming that. Right? I mean, I'm assuming that would be the case that if you're if you're in that group, you're in this. This is and by that group, I mean a, a conference within that group. Right? You just better be prepared that you. Uh, <laughs> You're going to have yourself a little bit of extra overhead. It also does kind of kickstart, does it not, Josh, the idea of revenue sharing? Sure it does. I mean, it, this feels like a, a big step in that direction. There's, there's, uh, there's three really good texts on this just that are scattershot that I want to read. UConn Al. How close are we to no academic requirements? <laughs> That's a great point. So, man, you play for OU. You go to school there? No, man, I just play for the football team. <laughs> um, and 405. 12-gauge was ahead of his time. That's right, he was. Uh, this ain't college no more. This is business. College is just a name. Uh, at the 405, 
at some point, college football has to tell the NCAA to kick rocks, right? Do they really even need them? See, that's my question, too, in this. Like, the NCAA has so little to do with college football. It's almost as if they're and – and by that, I mean FBS college football. They're all over the FCS level, right, with playoffs and putting on the playoffs. I mean, they have nothing to do with it at the FBS level. But I just I kind of wonder if it's their way to say, all right, we acknowledge – our dinosaur nature in this sport, so let's see what we can do to step it up a bit. And and maybe in a lot of ways, while this while this seems to kind of open the door to have a an unlimited budget, I mean there's no cap that you can put on this. No, it's it's the richest schools will be the most successful. Probably, right? I mean Probably, right. Th- this yeah. I mean, obviously, the Yankees don't win the World Series every year. The Dodgers don't win the World Series every year. But guess what? Typically, typically the Yankees, Dodgers, Rangers were one of the richest spending teams. Typically, those are the teams in the mix. Yeah. Oh, right? exactly. So, uh, you know, to me, this just takes it one step further that direction that Oklahoma across the board. Right. I mean, this is going to help Oklahoma men's basketball. It's, go- it's going to help women's basketball because OU is going to be able to do things that – Big 12 schools can't. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That ACC schools can't. They won't have the same cash that an Oklahoma has. I don't know if you can have this, Josh, with unlimited, with an unlimited amount of money that can be in there. Well, it's, it's going to meet some strong pushback from the have-nots, which would be the Big 12 and ACC. No, the have, no I'm trying to think of this then. And this also, I think, expedites the exit of a Florida State, a Clemson. They're going to want out tomorrow right. from the uh, ACC. But, but here, so, okay, another question in this, right? We see the b- b- billions around the TV deals, but when you start, it's like the Big 12, right? What has the Big 12 been doing? They've been beating their chest over their new – and they should. I'm not, I'm not dogging it. They should be beating their chest over what they have. But they really haven't gone in the weeds yet with their new TV deal. And that's now splitting it. What what do they have? 16 teams now that are going to be in that league? And, you know, you're splitting that pie for those teams that were the hateful eight. You're splitting that pie now eight more ways? Um, Well, I guess with nine and ten, six more ways? Minus OU in, in Texas, and it, and it sounds nice, but when you made that original deal, it was 12. And and I know that it was supplemented by uh, ESPN and Fox, but they're not necessarily tied to that for the long term. you got to read that new deal is going to get negotiated, and it might not be. I mean, the TV rights, y'all, are tightening up right now. They are tightening up. The, the NASCAR deal was a, a, a wild increase for NASCAR, but it wasn't what anyone thought it was going to be. It was sub, substantially less. The UEFA or whatever, one of those soccer places, just was celebrating a 4% increase in its TV media rights. I mean, which typically it's been much grander than that. So, so my point is, all of this has been cultivated by these TV deals that are putting millions and billions of dollars in people's pocket, but is that well starting to run a little bit dry? So are you really going to want to jump into a situation where it's like, okay, 30000 at minimum per athlete go in here? I don't know. I, I don't know what that revenue share looks like. I'm not against it. I'm just saying the model in my mind 
I'm struggling with it computing in a market that's getting tighter and tighter and tighter financially. Well, even even with all of that, the payout that an Oklahoma and et cetera is going to get from the SEC is a gigantic advantage. Sure, absolutely. Over oh, anybody absolutely. that's not in the Big Ten. That's why I say, I mean, the Gulf, we thought it was going to be this way from a recruiting situation from a ability to pay head coaches sure. situation, from an ability to wiggle out of trouble if you hire the wrong head coach. But now, if you get to a situation where this proposal goes through, and it, it is pay for play, right? Well, the schools that have more money, it's it's not even close. I mean, it's it's a big two, and it's an everybody else. Mm. And this is getting this is getting postured a little bit like it's a power four. It's not a power four. It's a power two. I mean. Think about how far behind the ACC is going to fall if that, they jump into this. That's why, to me, the if you say, quote-unquote, unintended consequence, one of them's going to be the ACC or Big 12. One of them's going to fall apart. A couple of other teams are going to the Big 10 and the SEC, and there's going to be one-third have-nots league. All right, we've got much more work to do on this. Obviously, a lot of reading, a lot of research, but – a transformative proposal for the NCAA. All right, big story number three. Sorry. I number three. I told you we were going to talk a lot about that. Big story number three. Hey, last night, Monday Night Football ended up being an absolutely fantastic game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it ended on this. Adam Midas fires it back. Robbins puts it down. The kick is on its way. It is good. Yeah, baby. <laughs> a 48-yard field goal by Evan McPherson has given Cincinnati a 34-31 oh. overtime win. Oh. I, thought, I was like, boy, that wasn't necessarily how I would be calling that win. <laughs> I thought I was, I was got worried there for a moment. I'm like, wait, is that the field is goal that, that sent it to overtime? Is that the go-ahead field That's goal? That's the game winner? Give my man a cup of coffee. And it is Good. We win. Yay. Yay. All right. Cool. Um, let's see. What is the – okay, here's the update on Trevor Lawrence's injury. I don't have any information yet on Trevor. We're still evaluating him, you know, so he'll have more, um, you know, um, tests and things done here tonight and tomorrow. So I'll probably have a better update for you tomorrow on that. But, I mean, yeah, we had position players go down. You know, but look, that's, that's part of the game. You know, it, it happens and, and – um, it's unfortunate, but you know, next guy up has to has to be ready to go and play. Were you nerding out like I was? Were you a part of the sicko committee last night watching that game? <laughs> I'm always a part of the sicko committee. I, there was a point. I'm a chair member. So we got some weird thing going on with our Netflix account to where it works on my kids, but it tells me my thing isn't part. I was going to start watching documentaries last night, but then I was like. Dude, you don't have many Monday Night Football games. What are you doing? Sit down and watch this game. And I did. I loved it. I, I thought it was a great game. I had so much fun. I don't <laughs> I don't see any updates, though, on Trevor Lawrence this morning. But I asked if you watched because it looked bad. It looked really bad. I mean, he got stepped right on by a 350-pound offensive lineman right on that ankle. Have we gotten an update uh, beyond – I mean – Sounded like ankle sprain, and if that's an ankle sprain, it looked like the end of the world. <laughs> I thought it was, and and he did the Aaron Rodgers too, right? Where he popped up, and as soon as he went down, he's Crumpled. like, "This isn't good." 
Yeah, and then he slapped the ground. But every once in a while you have one of those to where it looks catastrophic and all of a sudden it's, yep, well, high ankle sprain, which would still be significant. If it's a high ankle sprain, then, uh, you know, he's not going to play until the postseason, right? Yeah, so here is here is what one of the aggregation sites that I follow <laughs> – Got pro football rumors, which is, I think, a little different from NFL rumors, which is kind of like Dove, too, Dove Clydeman or whatever his name is. I think he finally blocked me. I think I think I made fun of him on Fox Sports Radio, and I think he blocked me finally. Oh, yeah. He did. Yeah. Um, Lawrence is believed to have suffered a high ankle sprain. Uh, no further testing has been concluded as of yet. The MRI will be later today, and more will be known. Uh, the ankle sprain being confirmed would mean – the worst case scenario would have been avoided, but he could still be in line to miss some time. Yeah, that's tough. And with that, we put a wrap to week 13 of the National Football League. All right, big story number two. Number two. Hoops tonight. Oklahoma in action at home against Providence. Porter Moser was on with Toby this morning right after the bottom of the hour. We'll get his preview of Providence. And he was, of course, dynamite. Gosh, he's awesome. He's so awesome. Uh, so tip time tonight is 6 p.m. for the showdown against Providence. That is uh, 6.01 to be exact. Let me see. I, I love the, the history series. Uh, 7-0 for Oklahoma, by the way. I'll have to dig the history series. I thought it was right here in front of my fat face, but it's not. All right, which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number Number one. On this day of my daughter's wedding, I thought we were going to have a wild portal show. Um, <laughs> That's a Godfather reference, people. You. Yeah, exactly. I have to make sure I get my references out there. But so far, so far, um, nothing. It's been quiet. This is interesting. Um, Dylan Gabriel was just talking to Dylan Buckingham. And he was asked if he plans to play in the Alamo Bowl after entering the transfer portal. Quote, I've been talking with Coach BV and just figuring all this out. It's a little early just to say anything. I'm taking it day by day. Okay, so no decision has been made? No decision has been made, I think, as far as whether or not he's going to play in the bowl game. But Drake Stoops, what he said at the Burlesworth, kind of makes me think that the decision has been made. It's a tough spot to be in, too, I think, as a head coach because you want to make sure it's like, hey, I know you're you're my guy. You did a great job. But if you're jumping in the portal or if you're turning pro, what's that balance between going on and allowing him to finish with his teammates? You know, that's Yeah, Oklahoma tough. at this point has to do what's right for Oklahoma, and that's playing Jackson Arnold, I, I, right? I mean, isn't that the situation we're in to where – You've got to address rehearsal, if you will, here for 2024. Take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll have more on the portal. Uh, so interesting from DG this morning. We'll lay out the list, which has not been added to or subtracted from over the last two hours and 25 But minutes. according to uh, your little birdies. It was, supposed, it was supposed to be a busy day, period, in the portal. I was told, you thought yesterday was crazy. Wait till today. So far, it's crickets, dude. And, and I'm getting crickets. sick of the people at On3 and you name it out there. Oh, my gosh, this news. Right. You're not going to believe it. it. comes in. It's like a third-string edge rusher at Boston College. <laughs> Stop teasing these things. Just let them happen naturally. I think, I think that's what I fell for, too. All right, quick break. When we come back, we'll dive into your text. We've got Porter Moser 
and our Primrose Funeral Services. Final thoughts right around the corner on the ref. Um, <laughs> Spence in Tulsa might have won the text of the day. Cardell Jones saw the future whenever he said, we ain't come to play no school. Um, which is still one of my favorite quotes up there. If I had the uh, my top five quotes in the history of ever, uh, I didn't come to college to play no school is up there. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's definitely toward the top. There's about five or six Josh uh, Terrell Owens or Terrell Owens ones in there, including I like me some me is one of my personal favorites. Yeah. It's there's just so much honesty, right? Right. There's from a couple, each of those quotes. I think there's a Freddie Mitchell that's in there too. Whenever he had his good run with Philadelphia, but yeah, I didn't come here to learn no school. Is Car- Cardale good. saying what everybody's thought and known for years, mm-hmm. but putting his name on it. So that's in response to the story of the day, which broke during this program. And that is the NCAA is looking at a new subdivision. Of college football. No, I, I keep saying college football. College athletics. College athletics, thank you. That would be every single sport. What uh, can you can you cliff notes again for me? Fifty percent, basically whatever whatever the trust fund pays male athletes, they'd have to match that. Yeah. Yeah. And it would have it would have to be fifty fifty. So I mean, this to me, one of the big winners here for OU, it's Softball and women's basketball, is it not? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If they if they're in on it. <laughs> if if the proposal goes through. Which I do think, by the way, anything that would involve the highest level of college football, Oklahoma would be in on. But um this this is five eight oh Nate had two really good ones on this before we hit Porter Moser here. He writes, If this really happens, I'm starting my own college football team. And then writes, Notre Dame about to start an eBay account selling off Vatican secrets. Now, <laughs> listen, I'm going to move so I don't get struck by lightning here, but I did laugh a little bit too hard at that. Yeah, that, that um, got a chuckle. And, and, and since we've been on the, the portal, I thought this was actually a, a really good question from Gunny, who, of course, it's 420 somewhere for Gunny, right? Could you guys <laughs> could you speculate on who's coming into Norman via portal combat? See, I'm really bad at this because the I think people like Parker who cover recruiting, they uh they'll have a Parker will have a really good feel on names who's coming names pers- uh, from that perspective. I I only know by what they put on Twitter. Right? Generically, I think you and I can say offensive line help no doubt they're in the mix for. Right. Everybody wants defensive line help, especially on the interior. In particular inside for Oklahoma. You hope, right, that PJ Adibaware, big time leap and you know a couple of those other edge guys are Mason Thomas uh, if he could stay healthy. There were some some signs there. So Oklahoma's probably in a better position going forward outside along its defensive line than they are in the interior. But you'll you'll accept Help all over. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Defensive line. And then defensive backfield, I think, is an obvious obvious area where corner, safety, Oklahoma could use a body or two there. I'm not saying I'm against it. I'm not saying that I'm not going to cover it and talk about it. It's just the only way that we were able to really learn who was in the mix last year was by what those guys put on their social media pages. Yeah, until there was an announcement made. Now now it seems as if with what Rivals and 
twenty four seven and on on cue. What they're just carry on. That was great. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, you know, it's cheap gas, good gas too. What on three is doing, they're they're getting a little bit more in depth on. Hey, here's some teams that could be interested. Now, I don't know if that's a list that that guy gave them or if that's pure speculation. I mean, I love on three, but they also do have a place for fans to predict where a player is going to sign, which they factor into for some reason about where a guy might go. And here's who the fans think. I mean, no offense, but I'm a fan. I have no idea where any of these guys are going. I'm going to pick my team. They've got to get rid of that recruiter. They love it too, man. They love it. It's got to be just an ultimate – it gets hits on their side. It has to be, and it works. It works. Because all of of you fans want to get out there and – Well, clearly they like covered wagons. Yeah, exactly. Um, But, yeah, I don't – I think it's one of the most challenging things to cover. I really, truly do. And I'm not just saying that for me. I mean that for any of those – Recruiting services and, and Parker and I mean it just it's hard to cover because universities can't really say anything and not until this proposal passes yeah, then we'll when, know everything. when this when this happens it will. Um, someone had tweeted earlier or texted at us earlier and said, "What about Andrew Makuba, the kid out of Clemson, the cornerback who's in the portal?" That's my thing. There was a uh, there was a guy at UCF who put his name in the portal uh, portal that had started at Clemson, right? I'm. Any Clemson tie that's out there is a guy that I'm keeping my eye on. Any Oklahoma Sooner target that jumps in the portal is why the Ashton Kozer thing kind of caught my eye, even though I don't know what Oklahoma's pursuit of a wide receiver is going to look like in this portal kind of period. But, yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, I'm not sitting here making excuses. It's hard. Uh, but good question, Gunny. I did not answer it. I danced around it for two minutes. And I do expect, you know, as the remainder of this week goes on into next – Maybe uh, it's subtractive for the next, what, 48, 72, and then I think it's going to start being additive for Oklahoma. They'll, they'll start bringing some players in. <laughs> yes, to the 307. is on cue where we can find the elusive ham sandwich. It absolutely is. <laughs> Out of ham today, Josh. i got to find another option for launch. This is going to be a problematic launch for you me. You can find all sorts of things over at OnCue. I know, right? Okay, real quick, before we break and we uh, really go in-depth on the text line, here's Porter Moser on tonight's showdown with Providence, 6 o'clock in the LNC. Extremely tough defensively, and then they, they try to play fast. And uh, – They'd be undefeated. Their only loss was in overtime, and one of their key players got hurt in the first two minutes of the game. That was their only loss. And they'd be a top 15 team. They got veterans. They got Bryce Hopkins, who's an All-American candidate, Devin Carter, um, just a physical Big East team, old, fast. They're, they're really good. They're, they're an NCAA tournament team. They're, they're, they're very good playing really well. We've seen how good Wisconsin's in the top 25 right now. They beat Wisconsin by 20. And uh, just a really good physical Big East team. How do you counter that physicality tonight? What's important for you guys? Us to be what we, way we've been playing. We, we've been playing really physical defensively. And that's what I think I'm really excited about with our team is we made this commitment to recruit more athletic, to play faster, to play more athletic, but without the expense of giving up anything on your defensive end. Because sometimes when you commit to playing fast, you're like, you're just trying to get the ball and go. And you don't really care about guarding. And it's been the opposite. Our defense is in the top 20 right now in the country. Our guys are buying into, that's the admission ticket to the fast break. You get a stop. You get a turnover. You get some, you can run. 
And that our guys have, have understand that the main thing is the main thing. We got to get stops. So we, we counter that by being uber physical back at them. And then offensively, we've really got to be, you know, we've got to get our catches, get our cuts. We just can't break to get open. They're going to take it. They're going to take our stuff away too. So we, we've got to really counter that. It, it's, it's so much like a Big 12 game. That's awesome. Tonight, Oklahoma and Providence in the Big 12 Big East showdown. If the UConn-Kansas game was any indication of how fun this is going to be tonight, we're in for a doozy. A quick break. We'll go more in depth when we come back. But let's hit your text right here on The Ref. Lots of transfer portal discussion. As you might imagine here in the beginning of the month of December, all of our transfer portal news, it's brought to us by Swift Co. Roofing and Construction. Call 405-831-8222. Give Brent Swift and the crew a call. 25 years of roofing, remodeling, and construction experience. They will come personally look at your roof and home. That's swiftcoteam.com. Who's uh, the next big name to enter for OU? We, we, you, you know, you teased this earlier. We never got to it. Peyton Bowen is the name that immediately came to mind when you asked, okay, is there, an, is there a name that would concern would, you? Right? Yeah, that, that would be bad to see. Yeah, I think that I would go through. And I have no fears there, but that's the first name that came to mind. Sawchuck. Sawchuck was one. Do you know, I want to be, a, I don't, I'm going to say this, and he'll be in the portal by this afternoon. I don't think Javante Barnes is going anywhere. I think if he was, he would have already went. You know, with his injury situation being what it was, I still feel like he got quite a few chances yeah. this year. I mean, it's it's clear and obvious, is it not, that DeMarco Murray holds Javante Barnes in high esteem? Yes. he he. I I would say he trusts him more in pass protection maybe than he does any other running back. Just just a, a hunch. Because there were some big moments you're like, why is he on the – oh, okay. Now, was there something that happened weird on a snap against OSU and we still haven't quite figured out what led to that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that part was not great. But I would, I would say – Guys, where suddenly I would come in here and we would uh, we would be having a little different discussion. Yeah, Bowen. You know, maybe one of the young corners, like if Vickers or Wagner. Then I'd really be worried. Someone made a joke earlier that I appreciate. It's like I'll get worried when one of BV's guys enter the portal, like Dalen Smothers. <laughs> I was like, that's that's fair. But, like, the Adebawares of the world, right, the Caden Greens, the guys that when you look at them, you're like, okay, this is our – a found our, this is Oklahoma's foundational piece for the future. And I think those dudes are names like – I almost said Billy Bowman, but it, it, just because he's only got maybe – maybe he comes back next year, maybe he doesn't. But the Peyton Bowens of the world, the Vickers Wagner of the world, right? Gentry Williams, too. Just I've never seen anyone that seems to get hurt more than he does. Caden Green, right? I think is a good one. Jackson oh, that, Arnold, Captain Obvious. Caden Green would be a disaster. And, and, not, and the good news is, as we've discussed, n- none of those names are serious worries. We don't think. Yeah. And, and then, gosh. We have so many texts to get to. Five-star Randy with a really good point. I mean, right out of the gates. Can we look at players hitting the portal as not all bad if you are winning and have talent? 
Wouldn't that mean the co- the competition is so strong that those players feel somewhere else could give them more opportunities on the field? Plus, there's open scholarships that could be used for a few upgrades. I, I don't think there's any doubt. There's no doubt. That Oklahoma's had some exit interviews, and it's – you don't tell somebody thanks but no thanks, see you later. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's been some clear indications across the board that, no, you're probably not a starting option for us going forward – and so, yeah, that that kind of – I mean, it's a good thing right. when that happens and guys move on, and hopefully hopefully it's it's good on both ends of the equation, right? They find a spot where they could be a little, maybe a little bit more impactful. But for Oklahoma, then you can get in and find somebody out of the portal that you think can help you. Or you can uh, maybe find a late name to add to this 24 signing class. So, yes, I, and Plank and I have sat here and done this the last couple of years where we've had to fight off the panic at times not not from everybody but yeah. the fan base i mean people get worried don't when people them. jump into the transfer portal and don't see always sometimes it's bad but a lot of times it is big picture good for oklahoma and i i then i then think josh we end up in a situation that you have that mesh between those who live it and get it, and then those who just happen to see, wait, Dylan Gabriel's going somewhere? What's going on here? What's wrong here? What's wrong? If you're looking ahead to the Alamo Bowl, here's what is listed as opt-outs for Arizona. Right now they have one player in the portal, Isaiah Taylor. Um, He's a safety, but he had 146 snaps, though saw that number diminish later in the year. They're not projecting – this is the Action Network. This is a really good web uh, feed. I'm going to bookmark this and tweet it so you guys can have it too. But Jetfish said he expects one to two guys to potentially miss the bowl game who could declare for the NFL draft with the most likely candidate being their wide receiver, Jacob Coig, and their left tackle, Jordan Morgan. Meanwhile, from the Oklahoma players that are in the portal, they list potential opt-outs as Danny Stutzman and Andrew Rame with Walter Rouse and Tyler Guyton, guys who are unlikely to play. So, you know, it's a fairly substantial list right now of of difference makers that were in the portal, but I'm kind of with five-star Randy. You feel pretty good because of what you've been able to recruit. Now, you got to go win win games. Got to go win games. All right, quick break. Final thoughts are your text next. Final thoughts is always brought to you by Primrose Funeral Services. Primrose Funeral Services – Dot com in business for over 80 years pre-plan so it's not a burden on your family and they're going to be in enough pain and suffering because they're losing you make sure that it's a more peaceful day by pre-planning your memorial service at primrose funeral services.com all right i laughed at this but now i'm not at primrose funeral services obviously at this text but in some way shape or form i've seen this and now i'm mad about it but since Sugar Shane sent it, I'm going to be happy. He writes, Jacksonville is now ineligible for the Super Bowl due to Trevor Lawrence's injury per the committee. Yeah, I mean, do, do I have to be Captain Obvious? There's 14 of the 32 NFL teams that get in the playoffs. If there were more than four, Florida State would be in the play- playoffs. I mean, it's, they're not ineligible because their quarterback's out. They're ineligible because they didn't beat Louisville by 50, <laughs> which is hilarious to me. Or by uh, you know, 28 or whatever. Yeah. Um, here's one from the 918. I'm sorry, man, but if you picked Ollie Gordon for the Heisman, you should not have a Heisman vote. Well, 
I'm not allowed to vote for what I thought was the best running back in college football? Come on. I would imagine he probably got a vote or two, right? But so, and sometimes sarcasm, I guess. Y'all just – that's fine, though. It's radio. It's hard. Sarcasm's hard in text messages, too, right? Yeah. Dripping with sarcasm from yours truly on many an occasion. Chapstick writes, so team doesn't matter? Oregon had a better year than LSU, yet Daniels is higher on your list than Knicks? Correct. Uh, it was a battle between Bo Nix and Michael Penix for that spot on my ballot. You only get to pick three. And whoever won that game would have probably got it. But to me, Bo Nix lost. That was an elimination game on my Heisman ballot. And I think probably for most voters. We talked a lot. If you missed any part of the show, I highly encourage you to check out our podcast. But we'll wrap on UConn Al's tweet here. Uh, we spent a lot of time on the new allegedly not pay for play, but is pay for play from the NCAA. All right, so if I pay you to play for my school, why would I pay you to play for another school? It looks like I said before, the portal will have no limits. Each year, a different school, depending on the money, the players, the parents, and the lawyers. Do the rank and file common fans win? I don't know. Unintended consequences of every rule and action. There is an unintended consequence, right? That the colleges and the pro leagues go to? I mean, I don't know about you, Josh, but that sounds like a massive unintended consequence of this. I think it could lead to unionization, and I think it could lead to being considered employees. But i got a lot of readings still to do on it, so we'll educate ourselves tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday, Josh. You too, my friend. Steelman and Thune at noon or next. You guys have a great rest of the day. This is the Home of Sooner Fans.